Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. All week long, just put it on your prayer list if you don't mind. We'll pray about it a little bit more on Tuesday. But, you know, I think when you get, come on, some women together and we're focused and we got some babysitters, hallelujah, uh, we're going to touch heaven. And so I think it's going to be really good. Just a new building update uh, for you. Uh, we have been moving on. We're so excited. Uh, we got a partial uh, permit for being able to put sheetrock back up. We have another meeting where we had to make a few changes. Uh, this is a little loud. Turn me down just a little bit. Um, and so we're going to do finish the permit uh, Monday morning. But here's what... I, I, I want to ask you if you have the possibility. So we've tried to three or four places in this process. We've tried to just cut costs and save money. And so one of the ways that we can do that is by doing some of the insulation. And so we have about nine or 10 people coming up on Monday from 3 p.m. to 8 p.m. And we're just going to insulate. And so here's the thing. If you're kind of new to our church, you're like, hey, I want to jump in. I want to help. Uh, this is a great way that you can do it. Listen, anybody who insulates together stays together. So, uh, no, seriously, come out and hang out with us and, and do that. If you want more information, you can go to the, the same place that the ladies are going. You can go to the next steps right out this door, and there will be a little sign up there. But we, obviously, we want to be safe. But you're thinking, well, I don't really have a degree in building. That's good. If, if you have hands that can push, that's really all we need because we're just going to put uh, insulation uh, in the wall. So you need a knife, you need some goggles, you need some gloves, you know what I'm saying, or glasses, and then we're just going to roll. So uh, it's going to be super easy. Uh, you don't have to have major education. Uh, just come, come. Uh, it's below the neck work. Come on, somebody. And so if you want to help, we, we need it. Uh, we can actually save uh, quite a few thousand dollars if we do the insulation ourselves. So anyway, and it's a wait, wait for all of us to connect. So if you can do that, that would be awesome. Also, I want to say thank you to all of those that are committing and staying with your commitment to uh, the building. Uh, we just wrote a check for half of our sound, lights, AV, all of that. Uh, we wrote a check for $41,000 and we had it. Come on, that's good. That's good. And so uh, that is half of what this first part is. And so we, in the next uh, month, will be working on the next 41000 So if you're like, I got you, <laughs> great. Uh, but, but we definitely want to see this move forward. Uh, and we're excited. We're really not that far away. We're really not that far away. Uh, April's coming. And so uh, we appreciate all that you are doing. January for the house is going to be a week, uh, a month, where we seek the Lord. We're going to start the year out seeking the Lord. There's a lot of development. There's a lot of book studies. There's a lot of Bible studies. There's a lot of things that we're going to do all through the year. But we're going to start intentionally giving our first and our even a tithe of our perspective to the Lord the first month 
of the year. God wants first and best. That's why we care about the tithe because it blesses you. But even as a church, that's why we put first God in all that we're doing. And we're coming back to like core principles. Core things that we all know, but sometimes there's distractions. Sometimes we get off. And so we're. this is our kind of basic training, coming back and really focusing on loving the Lord. We have said this uh, all month long, but we want devotion to stay high and distractions to stay low. Distractions come up all the time. And for us... It requires intentionality for distractions not to take first place. Remember, we read last week that there was a church doing incredible works and revelations, but they had forgotten their first thing. And the first thing is that God has to be first, not second. So for us, I want us to just rest in the fact that you are going to be controlled by something. Listen to this. You are going to be controlled by something. The Bible tells us that if you are controlled by the Spirit, you'll produce the fruits of the Spirit. And if you're controlled by the flesh, you'll produce the works of the flesh. But you are going to be controlled by something and you get to make that choice. The goal for us is to live a spirit-led life. That is a life that is submitted to the will and the word of God. God has given us a game plan. This game plan works. My uh, youngest child was playing basketball yesterday and he was in this starting five and three minutes into the game, the coach was like, time out. Everybody come have a seat. All the starters were sitting down and the next group went out there to start playing. And you could hear the coach saying, we're not running the game plan. Okay, Y'all aren't doing anything we practiced. And so I, I just, I, I think it's important for the church to realize that God's game plan is not subjective. Like God has a plan. He had 40 diff different authors write out this plan so that we would know it. Not so that we would ignore it. God went into incredible detail and work to get his thoughts. You know what? I don't know about you, but, but as I begin to meet with all different types of people, there are some people that jump on the smallest detail. And there are some people that cannot move until they know every detail. God gave us a lot of detail so that we would know how to navigate this world. If you're struggling with some of the philosophies of this world, if you're struggling with even some identity issues, if you're struggling, what I want you to know is that God knew you would. That's why he gave the word. So that we could navigate... And, and, and make sure that we run the game plan. This game plan affects every aspect of your life. Of your life. Running his place will produce his favor in your life. In fact, divine favor is essential 
for the abundant life that Jesus promised. Here's what he promised. In John chapter 10, verse 10, it says this. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Look at this. But I have come so that you may have life and have it more. Come on, say it. Abundantly. Who wants the abundant life? And so it's, it's, it's crazy is that our culture has adopted the, the worldview of easy. If it ain't easy, it ain't fun. And so we, the church, cannot adopt that philosophy. Go ahead and leave that up there just for a second, please. Because God has abundantly waiting, but there will be a process to the abundant. The abundant doesn't just happen, but it is just available. Okay, does that make sense? And so for us to be abundantly blessed and to have all the promises that are available to us in an open heaven through Jesus, then there are some things that we get and then there there are some things that we have to do. Come on. Last year we talked a lot about exceedingly and abundantly. Jesus' payment for our sins rescues us from the debt that we all owe. We all owe the debt. And so that means he saved us. And so salvation leads us into sonship. Okay? We're sons and daughters. When we accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, we now are engraft, engraft, we are moved into the family of God, right? And so we are now sons and daughters. And let me tell you, salvation leads to sonship, and sonship has benefits. It has benefits. My sons and daughters, we have four children. My girls and boys have benefits. There is favor from their father. And how does those benefits happen? Because of blood, right? There are my kids, or maybe you may have adopted some kids, or maybe you are, have you, you, you're kind of a blended family, and now you've adopted and, and, and love, and you've made this commitment toward these kids. It doesn't matter, you know, how you look at, but there's this commitment, and those are my kids. Like like th- that that's that's my kids. Okay, there's this commitment, and then there is obedience. And those together begin to produce favor. Okay? I love my kids. I want to bless them. I favor, there is fa- I'm, I favor my children. When Katie used to take our kids to the park, she wasn't like, oh, look at all the kids and lost ours. She was like, this, this is awesome. There's a lot of kids here. But I'm keeping my eye on my kids. There is favor when we begin to say, I choose Jesus, I become a son and daughter, and now there are benefits, come on, does that make sense, to, to that life. But while I have all four kids and we are blood, there is a commitment, there is a covenant between us. If there is no obedience, come on, favor is held back. Okay, I have a, a, a driver, a young driver who's been driving six months. And when he 
helps pick up the other kids, when he does errands, when he goes where he's supposed to go, there is all of this favor, and dad may throw out some gas money. But when he says, I'll be home at this time, and it's a little later, and there's no communication, that favor has reduced. Yeah. Come on, does that make sense? Like, I ain't paying for that. <laughs> yeah. And, and I just, as parents, I just want you to understand that it, it is super important that it is both. It is blood. We are under the blood and we obey. It's blood and obey. And here's the thing. There are certain attitudes that I will not bless. I don't know who needs to hear that today. But, but the truth of the matter is you can't fund love. There's got to be choices. And so I absolutely love them because I'm committed, but you're going to also have to make choices for this relationship to blossom. And if this relationship doesn't blossom, then I can't invest in it. Does it make sense? For, for us, I think that um, sometimes we miss the fact that God's favor has something to do with some of our decisions. His favor is key for fueling our purpose. Any good coach, pastor, or leader wants their people to win. I want you to win. I want you to win in life. And God wants you to win. God set up everything so that we would win. He gave us life. And God breathed into man and life came. He took dust from the ground and I mean, I mean, just, I mean like he wanted you to win. He didn't create us to fail. He gave us spiritual gifts so we would draw people to the kingdom. He gave us redemption through Jesus. He gave us the Holy Spirit, which empowers our lives to navigate this world. Come on, listen. He gives us the instruction through his word. He gives us instruction so that we know how to think and to have his thoughts. He gives us the fivefold ministry. Found in Ephesians chapter 4, the fivefold. And so I, this is an easy way to remember it just so that you can know. So the, the fivefold, their job is to equip the saint for the work of the ministry. There's a fivefold. What that means is there are five gifts that God gave the body of Christ to help strengthen them. Okay? To maturity. There is the apostle. The apostle is like the thumb. He's the one that grab, that they grab new territory. They go and, and do new things. They, they make exploits. They build things. They build ministries. They build churches. The, that's the thumb. Then you got the pointer. The pointer finger is like the prophet. The prophet's going to tell you, here's where it is. Here's where we're going. Here's what God's saying. Let's go. Does that make sense? Then you got the middle finger, <laughs> and that's the evangelist. Uh, heaven or hell, baby, bam! <laughs> yeah. like, like, get right, get left, you know what I'm saying? Let, let's go. Yeah. And, and then you have the church, and, and the church, a lot of people don't understand the difference in the fivefold, and they want one pastor or one leader to be all the fold, but that's not what God, okay, the apostle grabs, uh, the, uh, the, the prophet points, the um. The uh, evangelist begins to uh, uh, make sure that we know the, 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 the truth, the, the absolute truth. The, the pastor teaches us the bride of Christ. And that's why we, we have a ring finger on our finger because 
when you come to church, one of the primary aspects of coming to church is that we are teaching believers how to love God. If we don't love God first, then nothing else grows, okay? And then you got the pinky, which is the teacher. And so it's funny because the teacher wants to be the pointer. <laughs> uh, and be, because they're great at ac- academics and they're great at understanding, they think that they should be here. And, and so, but actually, this is how God does ministry, okay? That's the fivefold, okay? Everybody get it? Okay. So, so God has given us all of these things so that we would win. And I need you to pause for a second because I know I've given a lot of information, but here's what I need you to, to wrap all this up with. You are not alone. Like you are not alone. God is the best intentional pre-planner. I don't know if you've ever met like a wedding coordinator. God coordinated everything so that you would win in your life. There is no detail that God has missed. God didn't write a contract and forgot part of it. He got everything in here so that you could thrive. Come on, listen, in your life. Now, don't, don't misunderstand me. The way God sees winning is this. The advancement of the kingdom. The advancement of the kingdom is where God sees winning. And so here's the deal. We see in the Bible that every time we decrease, he increases. Well, that's, that's an easy verse to like, amen. But some people, it's like, I've never really thought about it. I don't understand what that means. Did I get a portion of God? Do I get more of God? How do I get more of God? What does that mean? Okay. When we decrease our authority... His authority increases in our life. Okay? Have you ever worked with someone that, did, that wanted to reject your authority? They knew you were the boss. They just didn't want to listen to what you had to say. Come on. Anybody? Look, at when, when we decrease, that means we surrender and submit. And his authority becomes primary in our life. And then we begin to act on his word. Come on. And we want his authority to increase in our life. When we get saved, we got, we got all that God would, would, would have in this moment. But, but, but that doesn't mean that we understood all of his authority. Okay? Studying to show ourselves approved, we begin to go, okay, this is what God wants. I'm going to submit to that. This is what God wants. I'm going to submit to that. This is what God wants. I'm going to submit to that. And that's how he increases his authority and position in, come on, our lives. Okay. So I said all that to say this. This is the one thing I'm going to talk about all today. You can't win without the word. You can't win without the word. Let me say it this other way. If you're not reading the word, there are worldviews and philosophies that you're acting upon that are not right. Not based on what I said. And so here's the thing. When, <laughs> both me and my sister were adopted as children. And uh, we celebrated adoption. Adoption was great. But I did have terrible brother days, okay? okay. Can I just say, I'm going to tell you a terrible brother day, and I don't want you to judge me, okay? So, so does that make sense? I, I'm not going to be canceled today, okay? Everybody, everybody understand? Okay. Say okay. Okay. So we would have 
two birthday parties. We would have our birthday party when we were, were born, and then we would have a birthday party when we were adopted. And so we always knew we were adopted. We never didn't know we were adopted. It was exciting. It was fun. And so, but on occasion, big brother, there was seven years difference between me and my sister. And... Um, Y'all remember when the phones came out, uh, cordless phones came out, uh, and so some of you, th- 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 they weren't always, they didn't always exist. Uh, and, 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 and so for some of you, there were, t- there were times when people actually had a phone in a house that didn't travel. So I just, I just want to say that. It's kind of weird. It's kind of like, what? I mean, like, like so, so we started out with, come on, like landline, party line. Then it moved to like cordless phone. And it was so cool. Come on, where are my children of the 80s? Come on. You hit the... You hit the pager and the phone would ring. And it, like just for the first three months, it was like, <laughs> this is so good. It was so fun. It was like a toy. And so... That came out, and, and uh, I was at home, and I was the babysitter at 13. Uh, my mom worked many, many jobs, and so, uh, like I said, I'm seven years older. So, um, so anyway, uh, me and my sister were having one of these fight days. We were fighting. We were at each other. And so, uh, Come on, any brothers and sisters in the room? All right, cool. You know, uh, a little fighting. Uh, the other ones of you that have brothers and sisters, you're lying in church. And uh, uh, we, we never fought ever. Uh, and so um, she always liked to tell me what to do, but I was older. So that bothered me. Does that, does that bother anybody else? Like, I'm seven years old. I, I know more than you. Like, if we were both on the street today, I would survive. And you wouldn't. Okay. You know okay. And so we got into this fight, and she said something about adoption. And I was like, okay. So I hit the pager. The phone rang. And I said, what? No, what? What? Are you serious? You can't have her. And she's like, Bobby, who was it? Who was it? Who was it? It's the adoption agency. They're coming to get you. You know what I'm saying? And so, and, and so, and she was like, no, no. And I'm like, listen, if, if you clean my room, I'll talk. To, and she's like, I'll do it. And so I was like, hit the pager. They called back. You can't have her. That's my sister. And it worked like three times. <laughs> Until she was like, let me talk to him. <laughs> It's cool. We've all gotten canceling since then. We're we're so much closer. Here's my point. (laughs) My point is you will always be manipulated by what you don't understand if you choose not to understand. And I want to know how many times in your life the enemy is hitting the pager and telling you who you are. Hitting the pager and telling you who you are. Hitting the pager and telling you, and you still haven't figured it out that the only reason you're still responding is because you don't know the word. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? Like if you don't know the word, you will be caught off guard. You will not have what you need to stand in the midst of temptation or trials 
or hardship, and you're going to have to put something in because here's the danger that we're in as a church is many of us love God with an emotion, but we don't love God with devotion. We don't want to really get into the word and know what God says and let it shift our perspective. We want to bring in our political opinions and the way we see life and our backgrounds and our adversity and our pain and our trauma and we want that to to we want that to be the thing that's on top and we want the word of God to submit to that and it will not it will not Psalms 119 verse 105 says this your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path there is no adequate substitute for God's word in your life. Come on. I like how King James says it. Can we read this real quick? Do you mind putting that up there? King James says it like this. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. So I know there's a lot of deconstruction happening in our world, but I need you to understand this. We see the Bible as an inspired work. That means there were 40 authors that were inspired to write these words down based on what God revealed to them. Does that make sense? Okay. All scripture, everything in this book has been inspired by God. So Men had to silence their soul, stop what they're doing, had an impression of the Holy Spirit, and began to write what God said we needed to know. Okay? And it is profitable. Come on, everybody say profitable. One more time. Profitable. If I came to you and I said, hey, I have a business opposition, a business opportunity, and it's super profitable, some of you would be like, Yo, tell me about it. Hey, I have this child raising technique and it's super profitable. I was talking to a couple after prayer on Tuesday night and they were talking to me about uh, one of their children who is a leader, strong-willed, whatever. And we began to talk and the, 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 the mom was a little exasperated like, uh and I asked a few questions and I said, here's what you need to do. Put them in charge of something. A strong-willed child wants to be in control. Give them the control that they can handle. Always give them a job. And so um, uh, take, take, take this spoon and put it over here. It doesn't matter how big it is. If they want to be in charge of something and you're always saying no, then y'all are going to fight. But if you can find some, hey, will you help me carry that bag? They can't even carry it, but they're just, but, but, and here's what you say. You say, I need you to be in charge of this. And if you will say that, all of a sudden, obedience will come because they want the opportunity to achieve. Well, so they texted me two days later and said it was profitable. Oh my gosh, there's been so much peace in the house. Oh my gosh, my, I love, love is in the air, peace is in our home. If I begin to tell you, husbands, what would be profitable? Okay, anyway. 
If I begin to tell you wives, listen, what would be, if I begin to talk about what would be, some people are just so prideful and arrogant and stubborn, they're not going to listen to anybody. But some people are teachable and they will listen. And here's what, it's profitable. Listen to my, it's profitable. It's profitable. If you are spending a lot of your time trying to manage your budget, but you're not managing, it's profitable. If you're spending a lot of time thinking about investments, but you're not investing this into you, all I'm just saying is it's profitable. Okay, let's go on. For reproof. Now, in a quick glance, um, it kind of feels like reproof and correction kind of think the same thing. But the truth of the matter is, when you think of reproof, you actually begin to think, uh, you know, you actually begin to think um, uh, dissatisfied. Like, God is not satisfied with our response. It's disapproval. Okay, listen, disapproval. That's what a reproof is. I disapprove. So how do we know what God approves or God approves if we don't know his standard? Like, I I disapprove of that. And, and there are times as a parent that I have to be like, yo, I love you. And my, I don't want a fear-based home. I want a love-based home. But I don't approve of the way that you're acting. And you're going to have to change because you're actually still in the peace in our home. Come on, husbands. Come on. If we're constantly still, if, if the first five minutes you walk in, there's a fight, it's you. You're still in the peace. It's not, that's not profitable. Come on, wives. Come on, if you're the first time you, come on, friends, friends. When y'all get together, and if we, y'all been together for like an hour, and we can't have a fun, mature conversation without being tacky and making stabs. See, what I'm talking about is there is a reason for a reproof. And God wants you to know, yo, that's not it. I can't bless that. I don't like that. And in our world of Western culture, we feel like God is this sappy, loving God that just doles it out. He's kind of like your sugar daddy. And I just need you to know he is daddy, but he's a good dad. And the Bible says that a good father corrects and adjusts. And we ain't doing that. And, and, and if your relationship with God never has these moments where we're not doing that, then I suggest you look deeper into your relationship because you may be a fan of God, but not a follower. You may like the concept of God, but God doesn't want you to like his concept he wants you to submit to his leadership. Correction. Look at this, correction. That means, when you study correction, it means the process of correcting. There's a process. God 
God doesn't shame us. And so most of us grew up in broken homes where we felt when we did something wrong, like we were wrong. And the reason that most of us grew up in homes like that is because we're all fleshly and we're broken. It's not because we don't, we don't have perfect people. We're not perfect people. Come on, if you're perfect, raise your hand. That's what I thought. You know what I'm saying? And if you wanted to raise your hand, <laughs> that's called pride. Okay. But the truth of the matter is we don't want fear-based relationships. We don't want fear-based homes. We, don't, we have to deal with consequences and actions, but we never do that where love is now here and, and, and law is here because law will always kill love, okay? But God is going to correct us, and the, and the Bible says that good fathers do that, okay? Look at this, instruction in righteousness, we need instruction in righteousness. Well, God makes me righteous through Jesus. Yes, absolutely, 100%, good job. But you still need instruction. Okay, look at this. That the man of God may be complete and thoroughly equipped. And here's the problem that we saw in the last couple of years. We saw a lot of people who went to church but were not thoroughly equipped. And we got to be thoroughly equipped. We got to be thoroughly equipped for the hurt that is coming that we don't know yet. We got to sow seeds today to be able to stand tomorrow. We've got to be able to sow seeds today. We have no idea if there is a pandemic or new pandemic or new thing or not. We have no idea what's in our future. But if you don't sow today, you won't be able to stand tomorrow. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? And the Bible says that you will be thoroughly equipped. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a man protecting a family that's not thoroughly equipped. I'm always trying to learn what I don't know. There will always be a book in my audible as I'm driving down the truck. And I'm always be, how can I be this man? What can I do? How can I manage my thought life? Where can I be? How can I? I'm always working because there are too many people under my authority. I want to be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Come on, give the Lord some praise. And it's our job to be thoroughly equipped. And so here's what I want to say to you. I understand there's no shame. I understand we all get busy. But you have to ask yourself, what are you busy in? Because our world is busy chasing power, producing pain, and achieving pointlessness. When really... And here's the deal. What good is climbing the corporate ladder of success? And I want you to be a success. Listen, I'm praying in 2022 that 15 businesses open up in our church. Like, I want you to go to the next level. But what good is it if you get to the corner office and you go home to an apartment with nobody there? Yeah. What good is it if you get there and the road to there destroyed your heart. And so I believe that God can give us both. He can give us favor for the race, but he can also build us if we will submit, come on, to his word. Is this good? Come on, tell me you love me. I know. I love, come on, I love you. 
The word is a light to our path. A couple month, uh, months ago, Katie and I uh, went on a hike. And, and we, 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 uh, she likes hiking. I like being with her. So we hike. Okay? I don't know. I remember a couple years ago, she was like, hey, I want to go hiking. I was like, that sounds like walking. She was like, yeah, but it's in the woods. I was walking in the woods. And, and why do we want to walk in the woods? Because it's fun. It's not, not, not necessarily fun. I, what's fun is when you get to drive right up to the woods. It's fun. So she was like, well, I want to walk, and I want you to walk with me. And I was like, okay. So now we hike. We hike. And so, listen, bro, guys, I'm not trying to, like, I don't want any nudging, ladies. See, he does it. Yeah, but I, 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 there's some things I don't do. Uh, so, so <laughs> but, but we went on this hike, and. It was just, it was great. We were outside. The weather was awesome. The leaves were falling. And uh, there, we didn't have any kids. So, we're like, like, it was peaceful. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, like, I love my children. But sometimes they ask a lot of questions. And so, we're just sitting over there talking, 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 talking. And then all of a sudden, we look down and we're like, we are off the path. Like, I don't know when we got off the path, but we got off the path. And so, my wife was like, I mean, she, she said the phrase that you, I mean, you just don't say. She said, do you want to turn around and go back? And I was like, we don't go back. We move on. This is an adventure. And so we moved ahead, and I told her, we're going to get there. We're going to find the path. There's no problem. She's like, are you sure? I'm like, I'm going off it in. We're going to get there. And so the deeper we went, the more mud and water uh, the rocks, like we're, 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 we're now, the, the cliff is right by us and we're kind of scaling. And uh, uh, she's like, hey. And I was like, no, we're almost there. <laughs> we're almost there. And so we could see the path from where we were. It's amazing how long you can see. Uh, and it was farther than what we initially thought. And so I finally found kind of a way, and, and it was next to this waterfall, and it was about 14 feet off the ground. And th that was the only way down. Um, because we don't go back. <laughs> and I'm going to be honest, at that point I was like, maybe we should go back. But, but it had been a long time, and you know what I'm saying? Like, time is ticking. We knew we had to get home. I was like, we're just going to do it. And so there was this big dead tree that uh, fell over, like, years ago. And um, I was like, we'll just scale down this tree, and it'll be great. And so I hop on there, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, we're not doing this. <laughs> And so I got off into this water and this mud, and I'm, I, I'm freezing. The water's cold, and I'm like, and I'm, my feet are hanging off this edge. It's about 14 feet. I'm like, okay. Oh, oh, oh. And she's like, are you going to go? And I was like, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. And she's like, okay, one, two, three. One, two. And I was like, I just really need to count myself. It's really better if I count myself. And, and, and so one, two, three, jumped off, uh, kind of landed in a funny way uh but but and and then and then so it was her turn and I was like jump I got you and she was like I don't want to and I was and so then we had a marriage crisis come on right there why don't you 
trust me. And she's like, why don't you work out more? <laughs> I go, it was this whole deal. And I, and, I, and, and I was like, and so I kind of caught her. I kind of, we kind of fell into each other. And, and so we got, finally got back to the truck and uh, we're, we're wet, we're tired, we're muddy. It's been long. And, 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 and I don't want anybody in my truck because, you know what I'm saying, like the kids don't really ride in my truck because they, they french fries everywhere. But, and so I don't know what happened. And maybe you're sitting here today and you don't know what happened either. You started so strong. You got out your word. You started reading it. And then just after a little bit of time, it started to get a little colder, a little harder, a little dirtier. And then you, you kind of look and you're like, that's where I need to be, but here's where I am. And I want you to know that God has a plan for that. Like God can redeem that if you will let him. Do you know what I'm saying? I want to give you one guy real quick. Um, uh, that I think we could look at just real quick. Uh, his name is Daniel. He's in the Old Testament, and he was a very—he was a prophetic voice uh, that we even look at now. Uh, he, he wouldn't be considered one of the prophets, but when you look back at the things that he said and descripted, you would see that he was a prophetic voice. And, and I, I, I just want to make sure that you know real quick: any anyone can get off the path. Any nation can get off the path. Any business can get off the path. Everybody starts putting people first and profit second until. It's very easy to get off the path. It's very easy for our marriages to get off the path. And, and we love each other. And, and I just want to just, I, I don't know why I need to talk about this, but I, I want to. For those of you that have been married over 17 years, I just want you to, I want to talk to you real quick for five seconds. The best part is the next 20, but to get there, you're going to have to really dive into the Lord because you're 17 to 20. You hear what I'm saying? That's when the news worn off and we all know each other's issues and you're going to have to need the Holy Spirit to break into the next. And I'm encouraging you, don't start over, lean in. Lean in, go to the next level because God created our life to get better listen not to fall apart and if we will submit to his word then then it will get come on listen better why is it so important that we get into the scripture because god gave us examples of people so that we could listen live and thrive in a world that promotes moments of ungodliness that has different philosophies. And so let's, let's look real quick. I want to show you this one verse, and then uh, we'll move real quick. Uh, Daniel chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. Are you guys getting something out of this? Come on. All right. But Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself. He would not defile himself. With the king's food, with the wine that he drank, therefore he asked the chief of the eunuchs, to allow him not to defile himself. And God gave Daniel favor. but say favor. favor. And compassion in the sight of the chief of the Enos. Can I, uh, 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 can I, here's what I want you 
to know is that, is that when God begins to give you favor, you can get favor even if you don't play the game. Daniel did not want to play the game that they gave him. But he ran the game plan that he learned from God. And because of that, he began to rise even through moments of difficult conversations. And I'm just telling you, there will be a moment in your life when you will have to show your character card. And I am praying for each one of you on that day. And I just need you to know that Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself. And what he had put in on the day that it was challenged, he would not back off. And I'm asking you to do the same. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? Church, how do we know that Daniel wouldn't defile himself? Because he had leaned into God's instructions. You cannot win without the world, the word. We see Daniel's story. Temptation was always present. And temptation is always going to be present in your life. There will always be something that lures you. Always. But here's what I want you to see. There are concepts and convictions and clues on how to win from this story. Daniel shows us that favor is a factor in winning. I want to give you four thoughts from this as we paraphrase this story. Four keys that I think happened in David's life that could happen in our own lives. The first is this. I need you to know that while Daniel had favor and compassion, he did not have a perfect childhood. He was actually taken captive as a slave and removed from his people removed from his country and I and and Daniel at the very beginning Daniel was removed from his own house now when we are offended or life is unfair or we feel like things happened in our life to move us out of the place that we felt like we should be Daniel is an example that even when you're moved out of the place, even when you feel like life is unfair, can I tell you, Jesus did not come to create fairness. He came to show God's faithfulness. You are not going to have a fair shake or a fair life. But you can have a favored life. And that is different. And so if you're not satisfied until life is fair, then you will never be satisfied. But here's what you can do. We see from the Bible that God can take a Joseph and move him out of the pit and take him to the pinnacle. We can see that God can take Noah and have him build an ark to save his family. And what we can see from Daniel is that because of what he put in his heart, he learned how to win in the den when the lions were about to destroy him. And what he put in his life, even at 80 years of age he kept come on our winning and losing has nothing to do with the people in our lives it has to do with the response that we give to the word if Jesus was rejected and killed 
and all he did was teach and heal people, what do you think is going to happen to you? If all of the disciples but one died a martyr's death, I am not saying that you have to give up your life and die for God, but what I am saying is we've got to get out of this thought where I only want easy, and if it's not easy, I'm not committing. Life is not easy, and you're going to have to sow. You're going to have to re- you're going to have to put in this thing. And listen, if we are watching more of what's going on with outer banks than what is going on with the territory that God has asked us to hold, come on, you hear me? Daniel was removed from his house. But it didn't stop him from resolving in his heart. In other words, his condition didn't determine his character. Well, they did this to me, so I'm going to do that to them. No, 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 no. That's not favor, baby. Favor is they did this to me, but here's how I'm going to respond, and God's going to bless me because the Bible says that God takes care, and he fights for me, and he will actually fight my battles so I don't have to. Come on, somebody. Put your hands together. Give him some praise. The second thing Daniel shows us is Daniel was renamed. He was, re- he was taken by a Babylon king and he was renamed. And I don't know if you're sitting here labeled under a name, under this thing. Maybe you, someone called you dumb or stupid or ugly or whatever and you have been renamed. Maybe they, they put something on you and you've been carrying that for years and you, you, you have the intellect and ability to, 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 to soar in your career, but you're scared to take that next step because you don't know everything that it's going to require. But if God be for you, who could be against you? Why wouldn't you take the next step? Why wouldn't you use your, all your mind and intellect and ability to be able to step forward, to have increase for the kingdom? And as you climb up, you may take other people with you. Come on, you hearing me? The new king wanted to totally remove his identity. Our world loves to manipulate identity. Our world loves to manipulate, listen, who God put us. We're now in a world where where people are actually having conversations about removing pronouns. And I just want to say this real quick. I'm not trying to be political. The political world came into the church and tried to take everything that God set in order and has tried to manipulate it and change it. The enemy came into the garden and tried to change what God said. And I'm not going to fall into the left or the right. I'm going to say what God says and we are going to try to move this forward and I'm not going to be... The enemy came into the presence and the place that God set. And the enemy has come into the church. We believe that compassion means don't say anything. Don't speak up. That wasn't... Daniel spent his whole adult life 
serving kings that were not godly, but he never became ungodly. If Trump, Joe Biden, Barack Obama, whoever, if they called me and said, would you come meet with me? I would Daniel. I would Daniel. Some of you are trying to leave a job that God wants to bless you, but you are not being a Daniel, and you're judging your leader, and you're thinking if they were better, I would get better, but you need to be a Daniel, and come on, you need to give wise counsel. Come on, somebody. Be a Daniel. Be a Daniel. It was hard. Listen, our world's trying to tell us that there are other genders. And I'm not, listen, I'm not trying to, 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 to go for anybody. But the Bible says that there is male and female. And if you've never read that and you don't understand that and all you do is watch Fox News or CNN, then you're going to be like, well, maybe, yeah, I mean, they have feelings. They can be whatever they want. I don't care. That's not what God says. And so that's actually not compassion. Is it compassion for you to cook a meal, have the stove on hot, and a child come by and not know that it's hot and touch it? Well, do you? I mean, you can put your hands wherever you want. It's a free world. I have a personal conviction about that because I was a seven-year-old that touched the stove. And it hurt. And I remember three days and blisters and third-degree burns. And my family cooked spaghetti. And they didn't know that I, little Stevie was going to touch something. I walked right in there. Ah! And we're letting people touch it, knowing the truth, scared to say anything, going... But do whatever you want. We don't know the difference on how to give love. And I'm saying all this. And listen, I'm not trying. So here's, the, the, here's why we don't, churches a lot don't talk about this. It's because they don't want to produce pride in people. Because we always want to think we're better than somebody else. Always. There's actually schools in California that have a male bathroom, a female bathroom, and, and a litter box for all the young people who feel like they're furries and they go bathroom in the litter box. Now, how do we get there? And let me ask you this question. If parents, if you're not watching the content that your kids are consuming, your TV is not a babysitter. And do not be frustrated in 30 years when they act like what they saw. Come on, hear me. I am not saying that we are not compassionate. I don't care who walks in that door. A flurry, a man, a woman, or whatever. I'm going to love them. I'm not going to move. I'm not going to whatever. But I'm not putting caddy litter in the bathrooms. I'm just telling you. Like there's got to be a way for us to love people and care about them and know that they're hurt and broken and whatever. Uh, the, uh, the other night, uh, uh, my wife was like, hey, there's a Christian movie playing. And, uh, hey, we should, go, we should go see this movie. And I was like, okay, cool. And then I showed up, and it was like a, a bunch of people I knew, and it was all women. And, and I thought, I'm not going to watch this movie. And so I, I was wrestling because then I was like, man, if it's a Christian, because usually we promote all Christian movies because we know in 30 years we're going to need them. And so they, and they're gonna get, they need to get better. So, um, so, so we fund them. And so anyway, I, I was talking to everybody, and people were like, have you read the book? Have you read it? I was like, Oh, I don't know. And so, and so I, then I go over to the, the kiosk and it's like, gives me the 
why it's PG-13. And I was like, I'm not watching this movie. I'm not. I'm not. I'm going to go watch Spider-Man. Okay? Uh, and, and, but, but, but here's the thing. Is I, if we are not careful, okay? If, if we're not careful, um, we, we, there's an agenda happening in our world. This is not right or left. Only, only the world will move you into two sides. Okay? Only the world will do that. But there's an agenda happening, and if you are passive, you'll be defeated. You have to be intentional, and you cannot decide what's right and true in and of yourself. It's not about wisdom or knowledge. It's about obedience. You, if you don't know this, then here's the deal. If you don't read this, if you don't know what God says, then here's the deal. You will act on what you think God isn't submitted to what you think. And we don't want to be, make people prideful. We don't want to make people arrogant. We want there to be compassion. Don't ever come up to me and say, oh my gosh, this person came or that person came. I'm going to be like, thank God, that's why we opened the church. But at the same token, do not expect us to cower to culture. Because we're creating Daniels who walk in favor and sit before kings that no one thought they could be there. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? Daniel was retrained. He was taken to be retrained. The idea was they saw his intelligence and they wanted to retrain him so that he would lead his people in the direction that they wanted to go. You are being retrained every single day. There is an agenda happening every day. From your boss to your radio to the talk show to the whatever, there is an agenda. And I'm just telling you this. God is not against the left and God is not against the right. God is not for the right and God is not for the left. God is for him. But there are concepts that we've got to find out what God says about it. In this story that all the ladies watched, it was about a girl that had a hard past. And she, she was, it was the story of uh, uh, Homer and, and Hosea. And, but here's the thing. My point is, people get to certain places because of what's going on in their past. And Jesus heals that past. And we always want to be present in a conversation that Jesus can heal people. Our culture wants submission to the God of science, self, self-preservation, seeking power, pleasure, and popularity. These are the things that fill our hearts and minds. And, and listen, we have to be very strategic with our kids on how much consumption of social media. And it's not because they're looking for bad things. It's because I don't want them to feel like their value is found in their phone. You hear me? The last is this band, y'all can come up. Uh, I know we went over. My bad. We good? We good? I know we, I know we went over. Online, you just keep, keep going. Um, all right. He was, Daniel was removed. He was renamed. He was retrained. 
But here's what I love about Daniel. He remained. He remained faithful. You cannot make it without the word. You cannot win. Come on, somebody, without the word. I want to encourage you to get into the word. Well, pastor, I don't know where to start. Start in James. Start reading in James. It's super practical. It's super easy. And I promise you, when you can start doing James, you can move on. But get into the word. Get into the word. Because here is why the church has got off is Less and less word is being preached and more and more opinion and personality is being preached. And it's producing this cycle of weak churches. And we're not going to be a weak church. We're not going to be a weak church. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. This is my last verse. It says this. For the word of God is living and active sharper than any two-edged sword and it will pierce away all of the junk all the philosophy all the lies like the word will do that it is a it, it is a scalpel it will cut away those things that are decaying I got my teeth cleaned the other day and the lady was like you could probably floss a little bit more and she had to take away some decay some of you need to take away a little bit of decay and the way you do it is you floss it you you, you use the sword you, you begin to cut away old things and all things become new come on somebody piercing the division of the soul, the joint and the marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And here's my takeaway as we leave. You are not the one that gets to discern your thoughts and your heart. Well, I think I'm a great person. <laughs> what is this thing? See, reading the word is like a mirror and it tells you, yo, Why are you still offended about that? Yo, why are you upset about that? How many churches are you going to leave? Why are these habit patterns in your life still staying around? Why have you had so much success but you don't feel it? Why are you... See, the Word helps us. And so come on, all over this place. Come on, bow your heads. God, we thank you for what you're doing. God, we thank you that when we study your word, we win. That we can't win without the word. We can't win without the word. And so if you found yourself, maybe this last six months, the last three months, even this last week, off the path. I'm off the path. I know I'm off the path. This is not who I want to be. That's I, My responses aren't the way they, that, that I know that God would have for me. I know that He has favor on my life and I've got to be able to pivot. I've got to be able to get my word. I've got to be able to navigate this culture and all of its philosophy and I can't do that if I'm off the path. Come on, get on the path. If you're here today, I'm going to count to three and if you you're off the path. It's time to get back on. There's no shame. We don't have to explain. We just say, God, here I am. I want to get back on your path. And then you get out there and you start reading your Bible, start in James. Come on, if that's you, you want to get back on the path, I'm going to count to three. If that's you, just raise your hand right where you're at. Come on. One, two, three. I need to get back on the path. Come on. I need to get back on the path. I need to get back on the path. I need to get back on the path. Father, you see all these hands. You can put them down. You see all these hands. You see everybody online. You see everybody watching online. And Father, 
We can't win without the word. And so right now, we digest it. We take it. God, I pray that you would begin to move feet. If you raise your hand, just pray this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I thank you for your redemption. I thank you for your son who died for me and placed my feet on solid ground. Now, God, I'm asking you to light my path, help my feet, move in the direction that you've called me to go. In Jesus' name. Come on. And everybody said, amen. Y'all give the Lord a hand clap. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.